Hello, Herd, and welcome to another episode of our Clone Wars Rewatch here at Nerd Herder. I'm your Herd Leader, John Wayne. And I'm your Herd Mom, Megan. And we're doing something a little different if you're looking at your calendar and saying, hey, it's not Friday. Uh, you would be right, it's Jeffrey. It's Thursday. Uh, it's actually Tuesday. <laughs> it's Monday. Uh, and Guacamole. now all the people are just confused, but it's not the day that Clone Wars normally comes out. That is correct. Mm. Um... This episode was actually supposed to come out Saturday uh, because we've been trying to play catch-up with Clone Wars for a little while now, but we had, again, something come up with the house. Uh, if you haven't caught up in uh, with everything that's been going on, first of all, how dare you? Second of all, <laughs> go listen to last week's main show for the full rundown. Yes. Third of all, uh, yes, we are in the process of trying to buy a new rebel base and relocate ourselves uh, from Yavin to Hoth. And it is as much of a headache as you would think it is. But yeah. uh, in the process, we are keeping ourselves sane by talking Star Wars. Um, as, as, at least today, especially the, the Clone Wars. Yes. Uh, we like the Clone Wars. Yes, we do. And so, yeah, this is just all in an effort to kind of keep things straight and on track. Um, ever since the week where I had gotten sick, we'd been one week behind. And so this should put us back on track um, as long as everything goes as planned this Hopefully. week. Um, if we're learning anything in life, it's that plans don't really matter. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, always have one, but yes. it tends not to work out sometimes. The best laid plans of mice and men often go wrong. Mice don't have plans. Yes, they do. Get the cheese. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, oh, no, it's the, the, the plan is to take over the world. It's always the plan, Megan. It's what we do every night. <laughs> Pinky. All right, well, fine. Let's uh, change it up and talk Clone Wars then. Fine. Um, so last we left off, we did... What did we do? We did the Onderon. Yes, we did Onderon That is right. Time. So much has been going on in my brain, it's not even funny. Well, um, it's kind of funny because you make mistakes like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked Onderon. Now we are getting into... Uh, what I call Ahsoka and the Younglings, or some people just call it The Gathering, although The Gathering only takes up the first episode. The rest of it's just hijinkery. Um, but, it, uh, you know, essentially it's a field trip. Yes. Uh, Ahsoka's playing chaperone. Um, I don't know what she did to get talked into it, but she's playing chaperone. With she's the main character. That's what well, <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Her dad is Dave Filoni. <laughs> <laughs> she can do whatever she wants. Uh, no, she's, uh, yeah, she's on a, uh, school adventure with younglings this arc, and as mentioned, it's supposed to be a thing, but then things happen in the thing, mm -hmm. and then it becomes a whole nother thing. Yeah, in this arc we get some really interesting insights into, kind of, the lightsaber process. It's yeah. one of those things, like, I wish we get more of. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things best served in uh, comics or book medium where you can get specific with a weird genre of Star Wars storytelling. Yeah. Like, because this is definitely closer to the heart of mystical fantasy Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. um, this is definitely very interesting. It'd be nice to see more, um, to follow another group of younglings, maybe more in the Jedi Prime period. Mm -hmm. Um you know, before the Phantom Menace and such. It'd be interesting to see, before conflict, before war, before all yeah. this other stuff, just see Jedi being Jedi and ex being able to explore through interesting characters the mysticies of the Jedi Order and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, in Jedi Lost, we get a little peek into 
the choosing process. Yeah, I mean, we get that through through Dooku's perspective. So it's very it's very tuned. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike, I mean, this is a little bit. At least this first episode, it's not all about Ahsoka. It's not all. I mean, not that the other episodes are technically, but she plays more of a part later on. Yes. Here it gets to be more wide open of just seeing the perspective of young Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, but with Dooku Jedi Lost, we do see more of it, but we only see it from Dooku's perspective. I'd like to see it from a untempered perspective. Yeah. You know, just be... Just, we're not exploring someone we know eventually goes to the dark side, and we're not exploring characters that we know eventually aren't going to be here. Like, these kids are all dead. Yeah. I mean, Anakin probably killed them. Yeah. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so to explore characters that, that develop dark. into somebody, uh, I mean, we could even, we, one of them could even be a character we know later on as a full-fledged Jedi. I mean, yeah. but we definitely need to step more into the fantasy storytelling of the Jedi. I mean, because we, when, with the war and the Republic and all this, I think it's easy to forget that the Jedi are just religious nuts. Yeah. I mean, they are just church people. Uh, with wizard powers, <laughs> and being you mean able... you don't have wizard powers? I don't actually. Wow. I haven't been going to church long enough to get the wizard powers. Wow. Um, <laughs> See, Sunday school teacher, I have eyes in the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, that's your power. Um, but yeah, like uh, there, there's so much about the Jedi Order's fiber that is just religious and fantasy driven, and it'd be nice to explore that yes. more. More about their fiber. They're very regular. You're, you're, Sorry. No, you're not. No, I'm not. Uh, so the, we begin with Season 5, Episode 6, uh, The Gathering. The um, and we get a really long intro into this one with the announcer dude. Yeah. Um, because he's basically setting up a more... It's more than just a little setup. I mean, basically yeah. explaining, like, this is a part when what we would now probably know to be Jedi Initiates. That's what Jedi Dooku Lost introduced the, mm-hmm. before you're a... Padawan, you're an initiate. Yes. Um, I would say, if we're following that logic, these should be Jedi initiates. Yes. They, I mean, you don't become a full-fledged Padawan, to my understanding, until you have a master. That's what it sounds like, I think. So, at, but at some point in their training, obviously you mm-hmm. have to get a lightsaber eventually. Yes. Um, and that's what this is all about, really, is uh, this is... It, this is its own little group of... I mean, they seem like they've been uh, together for a while. And again, in Dooku Jedi Lost, we see that he's a part of a... I can't even remember the word they use. It's not... It's like a... They, um, they're a group. Yeah, it, it's it's not like a class, but it's like... Uh, it, it's almost like a miniature Hogwarts house kind of thing. Yeah. Where, like, this is your... Your, your people yeah. um, for your time until you're selected by a master where you go off and be on your own yeah. with them. Make sure not to get some attachments, though. <laughs> right. Just trust your life to these people. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, so this is all about them going to get their kyber crystals for their lightsabers. Yes. They've reached that point um, in their story, so... Uh, the moral of this gives us a great example of what we're going to talk about mostly with this episode, which is, he who faces himself finds himself. Mm. Um, which is basically what this whole gathering, uh, this whole trial is about. Is in, in order for them to find their crystal, in order for them to symbolically be, start on the path of being the Jedi they're supposed to be, 
they have to face some of the um, parts of themselves that need some work. Yes. Basically. Um, and so, uh, take it away, Merle. Hey, play the one by going on the strands. Because <laughs> I lost my place, so yeah. I, hopefully you've got yours. <laughs> well, they are headed to the planet of Ilum. Uh, yes, so Ilum first appeared... We actually saw this in the last Clone Wars. Yes, um, we did. I remember this. We saw this with Barriss uh, getting her lightsaber. She was there with Luminara. At that point, Barris was way too old to be building her lightsaber. Right. Maybe <laughs> she, she like, rep- broke it. <laughs> but the thing, but but Luminara's whole monologue clearly tells us, like, unless Luminara's just that one teacher that's just like, here, since you ha- since you lost your lightsaber and have to rebuild it, let me give you the lesson all over again because you clearly didn't pay attention. She probably <laughs> is. I mean, look at how well trained Barris is. Very true. Uh, she's definitely like that really strict homeschool kid. Yeah. Whereas, like, Ahsoka's that very free yeah. homeschool kid. Like, yeah, I passed the test because my dad's the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, we saw Ilum then. But Ilum was actually first introduced in 2001 in a Dark Horse comic called Jedi Quest. Um, that also started to introduce the idea. It's not firmly stated until the new canon, mm-hmm. in my opinion, but started the idea idea of there being something more mystic about the kyber crystals than just powering Jedi lightsabers. Yeah. Now, if we go all the way back to Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was the first Star Wars book, um, and the first follow-up of sorts to uh, the original story, that's when kyber uh, and kyber crystals were first introduced. And there, that's a uh, crystal that Darth Vader's trying to get his hands on, the Empire's trying to get their hands on, because it's powerful. It amplifies the power of the Jedi. And we see that come back into canon in a lot of more recent stories in that um, I this is a big comparison to Harry Potter for me, because it's very much Wan chooses the wizard. Yes. Um, and we see that here in this episode. The crystal picks the Padawan. You can't just walk in there and find a crystal. You, it's not like going shopping for a crystal. It's a spiritual experience. Mm -hmm. And you have to find your crystal. Um, What we learn from the Ahsoka novel, though, is that Kyber is colorless. Once it's attuned to a Jedi, it then chooses a color. Yes. So interesting. Um, What colors would yours be? Mine would be red. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because I would just have so much hate pouring through that lightsaber. Yeah, your Kyber crystal would be like... Hold on. Right. <laughs> Ow. You're right. It would sign me up for therapy. Um, it, yeah. And that's what, like, in canon it hasn't been stated. But in Legends it used to be that colors meant something. And and that is more believable with this mystic idea that the mm-hmm. crystal is almost alive. It's almost like the Force is using this physical item to communicate with the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, and that's where, like, uh, I really love the fan theory that the reason the lightsaber didn't go to Kylo in The Force Awakens isn't because he couldn't get it. It's not... It's not Rey. Yeah, it's not that Rey snatched it from him. It chose Rey, in, in my yeah. opinion. Because we see that earlier, I think, when in, it's introduced to yeah. her from Maz. I think it's a clear, like, yeah. communication with the... the like, that vision mm-hmm. seems like that lightsaber is attuning to her. Yeah. Well, there's this whole long 
monologue, I think it's from Hermione in The Deathly Hollows, mm-hmm. where, like, so, in 6, Draco disarmed Dumbledore, and right. therefore the Elder the, the One was, was his. his. Which is why it didn't work for, that's why it was splintering for yes. Voldemort. But, Harry disarmed Draco, meaning the wand was his. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, but Voldemort thought it was Snape. Yes. Uh, it, it's this whole... Well... Man... I don't think it's as much... It's mu- complicated. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's as much... Like, I don't think if Ben had gotten the saber, yeah. it wouldn't have worked for him. Yeah. But, like, it would have been angry. Uh, yeah, I feel like there would have been some bad force juju. Yes. It, it wouldn't have... It's not like its batteries would have stopped working. It would have been a more spiritual... It would have been more uh, ethereal, like, oh, this doesn't feel right kind of thing. Yeah. If um, So... Uh, Kyber's really interesting. This, like, this is that stuff I'm talking about. Like, this is this cool stuff to explore in terms of, like, understanding more. Because this is the original roots of the Jedi Order. This mm-hmm. mystic fantasy wizard stuff. Yeah. Why didn't, why didn't Harry ever use anything other than Expelliarmus? Uh, because they, I they think They forgot about other spells. Well, <laughs> because they didn't know how to portray multiple spells in visual medium. Yeah. Yeah. Because then people would get confused. I mean, it's the same reason why um, it's red versus green when he and Voldemort... Lo- it has to be a visual representation of yeah. what's what. Otherwise, I mean, you know, viewers are dumb. We don't know they're different. Like, I, they could have, but, that, I mean, that's what that's what it is to me. Yeah. Sorry we keep talking about Harry Potter. Let's talk about the Star Wars. Um, last thing I'll say about Ilum, um, we get some interesting ancient Jedi stuff. Because we actually see um, symbols representing balance, uh, which are symbols similar to what we see in uh, the Father's Monastery on Mortis. Wow. Um, and so so if you look at the symbol, the big stained glass window behind his throne and behind the scale, mm-hmm. that symbol appears on the entrance and inside uh, Ilum. And so that's something really cool where it's like, hmm. Give me Again, like that's the like it's that ancient stuff where you know it's just kind of forgotten. It's locked away. It's not discussed anymore because maybe yeah. chlorians. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ahsoka takes the students to what seems to be just a blank cliff in on Ilum. It's snowy. Ahsoka's back in her really cute little snow bunny outfit. Uh, and something I forgot to mention is that all of these children are freaking adorable. Like, yeah. all of them. Even the Athorian. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Biff, sick. right? Yeah. Yeah. Biff. B-Y-P-H, though. Yeah. Uh, it's cute. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, we have, uh, it's, oh my gosh, I'm gonna, hang on. I, I had this somewhere. You had it? I have this. You got this? I got this. You got so, it? So, we have Katuni. Katuni. She is the same species as uh, 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 Depa Balaba. No. No. Adigalia. Adigalia. Damn it! I almost got Depa it. Depa Balaba's human. Yeah, I couldn't remember her name. Uh, Biff is. I'm a bad Star Wars. Ithorian. No, there's a lot of characters. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Uh, the one of them is Nodlin. Yes, right? uh, the Nautilin is Nat Zat. Zat, uh, the played hu- by Beast Boy. 
Yes. Uh, <laughs> the other human is Petro, played by, what's his name? Zuko. You know this every other time. Dante Bosco. There you go. Uh, the guy who's currently narrating uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures, which is awesome. And who just appeared on Rooster Teeth playing a game of Monopoly. <laughs> right? I mean, goodness, Rooster Teeth, man. Uh, we have Gunji, a Wookiee. Yeah. Uh, that cute, was something cute. very, very, very rare in uh, Legends. Mm -hmm. Wookiee Jedi. Um, and then we have Ganadi, or Ganadi. Who is... Sigrido. Um, Rodian. Rodian. <laughs> Sorry. I was waiting for that. I'm working on it. Give me some slack. Uh, you remember the Nautilin. I'll, I'll, that's yeah. good. Um, so yes, uh, we get a good variety. I appreciate that so much. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's a big deal for me when it's it's a they highlight that it's a big universe, multiple yeah. species. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they they send them into the cave. And like you know, like I said, the 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 point is to get their kyber crystals. Yeah. Um, and each of them have to face something to get their crystal. Um, like Biff is the scaredy cat. Yeah. It's adorable. It's so cute. Uh, so he, re I mean, he sees what looks like this giant maw. Yeah. Where his crystal is in the middle of. I thought it kind of looked like a rancor. It kind of looked like the opening to the cave in Aladdin kind of thing. Who disturbs my crystal? Yeah. Uh, but uh, it turns out it was never there. As yeah. soon as he gets his crystal, it was it's gone. It was just the force project... It, yeah. You know, is is a, a try. He had to learn to be brave. Um, uh, what? Petro is from Corellia, number one. Oh, there you I go. Just, that's why he's a butt. That's why he's a butt. That's why he's a butt. Uh, he gets his crystal first. He just well, sees it yeah, sort it. of. The Force tricks him. Yes. He thinks he has I love it. it. <laughs> um, then, um, Zat... No, it's, um, then it's Katuni. She sees hers yes. up on a cliff. Yes, she's with Zat, though. Right, Zat's just like, hey, climb up there and get it. I gotta go get mine. Yeah. Um, I'm Beast Boy. I think she... I think she had to learn to be self-reliant, I guess. I guess. Because she didn't she didn't want to do it alone. Yeah. And then she, you know, I, I feel like her thing was she wanted Zat to help her. She needed to learn to do it on her own kind of thing. Yeah, but in the end she ended up needing help anyways. Well, she, she was part of Petro's trial, though. True. She needed help because it was part of Petro's trial because his thing was selfishness. Mm -hmm. So he had to learn to get his crystal. He had to help her. Yeah. Because his crystal was in the thing she was trapped in. Yeah. So. Yeah. Then Gunji uh, sees his crystal across a frozen lake, but the lake Well, unfrozen is... lake. Yes, you're right. It's a lake lake, but he's got to wait for the sun to go down to freeze the lake so yes. he can cross it. His thing is patience. Which I imagine yours would be too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um... Yeah, because the whole time the crystal is wailing. Like, he hears this wailing sound. Yeah. Um, it's only until he starts meditating that that goes away. Yeah. And then he eventually looks up and realizes, oh, the lake's frozen. Yeah. Um, so it, it's about that. I mean, it's what my motiv Monday motivation was about today. It's about, you know, taking that moment of breathing, centering, patience. Yeah. Uh, then Ganodi, uh, the Rodian girl, is in a cave. 
surrounded by crystals. <laughs> and she cannot tell which one is hers. Yeah, Yo- Yoda says hers was about hope, I guess because... I guess her thing was she gave up too easily. Yeah, because she starts crying on the ground immediately. Yeah, she's like, oh my gosh, oh I gosh, can't do this. It's too many. Let's cry. Which, um, me too, I feel that. Right. Uh, Zatz um, is kind of similar because he, he's using technology to try and find his. Yeah. And the technology doesn't work because that's not how kyber crystals work. Yeah. And then when he gives up the technology, all of a sudden he can find his crystal. So it's kind of yeah. that same thing of like... He straight up cracks it against a wall, which cracks the ice. Well, that's a very kid thing to do. Of yes, like, absolutely. oh, this doesn't work. I'm going to throw it. Um, and it cracks the ice, yes. Yes. But, like, right where, you know, X yeah. marks the spot kind of thing. Yeah. But he um, finds it. Yeah. So, Katuni gets hers. Gunji finally gets his. Uh, yeah, Biff gets his. Pretty much everyone gets theirs. Yeah, uh, Pet- Petro, like like you said, he got his first, he went out, and they were like, yeah. oh, it's just ice. Yeah, and it um, melts in his hand, which, ha 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 Yeah, ha, so ha. he had to go back in. Katuni's stranded mm-hmm. and asks him for help, and he's like, no, I've got to find my crystal. Yeah. But then he comes back and helps her and then finds his crystal. Yeah, and the whole, like, thing that was a big deal about this episode, is that there's this giant ice wall that's tr- slowly freezing back over. Mm-hmm. But in the end, uh, Petro goes back for Katuni and breaks her out of uh, the wall of ice that's keeping her trapped and then sends her out in a very Indiana Jones move. And then he just, like, straight up breaks through the glass after he finds his crystal. Well, it's just frozen water. Exactly. I mean, that's literally what Yoda says. Exactly. <laughs> like, he made this big deal at the beginning, like, oh, it's gonna freeze over. It's gonna freeze well, over. Well, it's, no, you know, because no. they say the thing of, like, you would have only been trapped in your mind. I think it's this idea of, like, if I don't find my crystal, I'm not a Jedi. I, I almost feel like it's this, you'd yeah. be trapped mentally if you don't find it, because you're... You know, but it's also one of those things that kind of make you feel that way, though. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, not a lot happened in this episode. Well, yeah, I mean, the, they find their crystals. <laughs> they find their crystals. And we, we managed to talk 22 minutes about that alone. We, we talked about the cuteness of the children yes. for a long time. Um, so we're going we're gonna to have to try and breeze through everything else. But, yeah. I mean, well, we, we kind of got on a ramble uh, about kyber crystals and all that weird stuff. But yeah. Um, but moving on, uh, things start to get a little bit more interesting, so I'm going to have a quick word from our sponsors, which is just us, <laughs> but, uh, and then we'll be back with the next episode. Yeah. All right, moving on, we go to season five, episode seven, uh, Test of Strength. Uh, the moral of this episode is the young are often underestimated. That's very true. Mm, very true. Um... And so this one, uh, they've taken off now that they've got all their crystals, and now their job is to make their lightsabers. Yay! <clears throat> this is a very interesting episode to me. I, it, it continues, the first half continues the trope of continuing to explore these mystic, wizardy Jedi traditions. Yeah. And then it kind of gets side-railed by another plot. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's just where we're at for the next couple of episodes. <laughs> yeah, but, um... Yeah, we open on the Crucible, which is the yes. really cool name of the ship. Well, and then the ship is cool. Yes, um, the ship is very cool. I am an absolute sucker for Star Wars ships that are just long, rectangular-shaped, 
with a sideways tube for the cockpit and with multiple cylinder mm -hmm. uh, engines. Yeah. So, like, the Tantive Four, the Jedi Consular ship from the Phantom Menace, the Republic uh, flagship from mm -hmm. the Clone Wars series, which is based on yeah. the Consular ship, and this one. I don't know what it is about that design. I just freaking love it. Yeah. And this one uses a lot of those same cues, but varied in just the right ways where it's, like, new. Mm -hmm. And it's just very, very cool. Yeah. It's not a special-looking ship. It's just cool. I don't... I can't explain it. Yeah, I mean, I... It's, it's aesthetically uh, pleasing. Yes. Well, well, you are a fan of those ships. I'm a fan of uh, the very sleek-looking uh, New, New Republic... No, Re Republic ships. Where, like, uh, you get the bright yellow ship... Um, that Anakin's riding in at the last few minutes of yeah. Phantom Menace, you get the just so shiny and bright ships from uh, Attack of the Clones. Like, I just... Mm -hmm. I like the sleek ships that look expensive. Yeah, I don't well, know what that says about me. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's just... it's it's. Um, yeah. The nice thing is Star Wars is full of... Very weird, interesting. Like I love that yeah. it's not like most, where it's like it's a very typical spaceship designs. Yeah. I love uh, Dooku's <clears throat> Geonosian ship. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, it, I all of those are very interesting designs yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're on the crucible. We're on the cool ship. We're on the cool ship. Uh, the Ilum is er, the crucible is heading into deep space away from Ilum. Mm -hmm. and... It's heading away from Starkiller Base. You mean? <laughs> I'm not. I I hold to that fan theory. I know, but anyway, <laughs> um, Petro is showing off his moves to impress the ladies, and you know, what's his name? Zet Zach Zach. Oh, Peter. so uh, now the cool thing worth mentioning, um, the Whirlwind of Destiny. Uh, it was actually created by a fan as part of the Join the Jedi contest mm -hmm. by Hasbro. Oh. Uh, it was sub submitted by Brendan Lake. So there you go. Star Wars boy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It sounds like something a kid would come up with. Right? So it's so appropriate. It's like the flaming, raging, poisoning, poisoning sword of doom. To what? <laughs> oh, we will get there. Oh, is that Adventure Zone? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, and so to help them build their lightsabers, though, we get introduced to a droid. Professor Huang! Uh, yes. Hu Yang. Yang! Interesting name for a droid. Yeah. I really, really wonder where that comes from. It's also a very unique kind of droid. We only yes. see a couple of other droids with this design. Most of those are from uh, Kevin Scott in the Ventures from Wild Space series. Yes. The very cobbled together droid and whatnot. I love droids like that. But this is an ancient droid. He old. He's been making lightsabers with uh, Jedi for a very, 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 mm -hmm. very long time. Uh, and he is yeah. voiced by the one and only David Tennant. Yes. He is voiced by... He was the first Doctor, I believe, to join Star Wars. Yes. Um, Tom Baker's not far behind. And supposedly Matt Smith is joining in Episode Nine. i I'm Fingers crossed. I don't know. Uh -huh. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, we just need Eccleston. Eccleston would make a great villain oh. for Star Wars. Or he would make a great old Jedi. Like I really want him to be bad. I, I know you want him to be bad. <laughs> He's such a good bad guy. He is. He's just a great actor in general. It's true. Um, so Hyang starts with Gunji and asks him 
what do you see your lightsaber looking like? Or something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but he specifically says, not what you think it would look like, but what do you see in your hand? Mm -hmm. Which is an interesting concept. Yeah, well, because it's not about what you want it to look like. It's about yeah. what it... Because it, it goes back to the idea that the, the crystal chooses you. It's not that you control this or... Mm -hmm. It's nothing about you. It's about your relationship with the Force through this crystal. Yeah. So the Force is going to guide you in what your lightsaber should be. Yeah. It's really, really interesting stuff. Yeah, and Gunji... He picks something that I've always wanted to see, which is a wooden lightsaber. Yes. Well, it's got a wooden casing. It's not completely wooden. Uh, but anyway, as the crucible soars through space... What? There, something um, after your sip of tea? I believe it's Lobaka uh, was a part of the new Jedi Order. Um, yeah. He is, uh, I want to say, like Chewbacca's nephew or something. He becomes a Jedi that uses a wooden lightsaber, and I believe it's yellow, actually, too. Um, there was also a Wookiee Jedi that was around in the EU. Um, he was a good friend of Dooku's um, back when Dooku was part of the Jedi Order, too. Yeah. So that's neat. Yeah, I love Wookiee Jedis. I, I love Wookiees. Super interesting. Like, yeah, you, Wookiees are amazing. I I love Chewbacca, don't get me wrong, and it he has an incredible legacy and he has brought so much to Star Wars. I want to see more than Chewbacca in Wookiees. Like, yeah, I, I in, don't in a main feel, capacity. Yeah, I, I don't feel like that's an unfair thing to say. It feels like every time a Wookiee shows up, it's Chewbacca. Yeah, I mean, we've seen other Wookiees, but none get the yeah. spotlight like Chewbacca. Like, hey, give me a freaking uh, Black Kristan series. That would be great. Have him show up in The Mandalorian! Ooh. Oh my gosh, I would die! That would be cool. That would be incredible. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, Wookiees, Wookiees are great. <laughs> yeah. I would I would just like to see that in general with more... Like, you know, when uh, Roran Korob and Fao Umdama show up in the Clone Wars series... That was a lot having of names. A, having a main cast, um, Ithorian, and yeah. Talls. That was a big deal. Yeah. That was super cool. Um, and they weren't just there and killed immediately. They got to show off and be yes. awesome. How else would we know that Athorians have four throats? Exactly. So it's like, more of that. Please. please. <laughs> more more species, yeah. more variety in the main cast would yeah. be great. For sure. Yeah. Hyung, Hu Yang also has a Chum. feature... <laughs> <laughs> also has a feature that I really love about older droids is the glowing eyes. With yeah. no grates over them. Like, mm -hmm. I, that's something I like about uh, C-3PO's design, is mm -hmm. his glowing eyes. Mm -hmm. It's something I like about Huyang's design, is mm -hmm. how old and ancient and just cobbled together and how steampunk he looks. Yeah, very steampunk. Yeah. Um, I like that. Um, I also love the face sculpt. Yeah, I, I, again, it seems like something... Looks like he's got a Fu Manchu. Old. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird to explain. It's, it seems like something that an older droid would look like, if that makes sense. Like, it just... Yeah. You tell me it's old and it makes sense because it looks that way because of the design, almost, you know? Mm -hmm. It's almost like when they were still kind of learning what droids should look like a little bit. Yeah. Um, go ahead. You were saying something? I was just going to say, like, uh, so they're caught off guard by um, Hondo. Yeah. Um, Hondo's little saucer ship shows up and... They are looking for 
the kyber crystals. They want to sell those, obviously, make a lot of money and whatnot. So they uh, board the ship um, to try and steal these kids' mm-hmm. uh, kyber crystals. Yeah, and while the while this is happening, uh, the younglings are doing the thing that I love to see uh, in the comic. Oh, the force building? Yes, the force building. I love that. Um, I mean, that's really good uh, force training. I mean, it's yeah. like... In um, Duke of Jedi Lost, Sephidius mentions, you know, the uh, sc- force sculpting. Yeah. You, you, you're making objects with sand. And that sounds like, uh, but Sounds cool. Using the force to control tiny specks of sand, thousands of them. Yes. Very precise. Controlling these little screws and these tiny little machined parts. Mm-hmm. That it's, it's, a, it's an intense training. It causes yeah. you to really focus. And Petro, like the bad Corellian boy he is... He messes it up. Well, yeah, he makes his first, and then Hu Yang's like, hey, uh, this is backwards, and you're going to blow us all up. Exactly. Stop it and follow the rules. (laughs) Yeah, um, so they're being boarded. Uh, I think they're caught in a tractor beam. Yeah, I mean, well, they, yeah, they just full-on tethered to the other ship. They're trying, they board. Uh, Petra's little lightsaber thing actually comes in handy, because he uses it as a bomb, essentially. Right, uh... But Ahsoka hides the kids under the floorboards and goes after the pirates first. Uh, well, yeah, the original plan is she'll take care of it. Yeah, and then... That doesn't work. No, <laughs> that does not work. Uh, um, so so the next plan is that they get to the cabin, I think, and then she's going to, like, open an airlock and just yeah blow everybody out. Yeah. Um, But in the end, it, it almost works, but of course, because... We've got two more episodes to talk about. Uh, Ahsoka gets knocked out with the pirates mm-hmm. uh, and is taken captive. But, of course, yeah. the kids don't notice until they're pretty much no. gone. Although, I will say that there's a great scene where the kids set up the little training orbs, I don't oh, know what yeah. they're called, to go off when they're touched or something. And a pirate just gets destroyed. Yeah, and they dial them up to the uh, highest uh, setting, too. Yeah. So, uh, it, I mean, it's, I mean, you gotta feel, like, this is probably full-on tases mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of home alone for a brief minute there. I love that. Um, while the kids are trying to help, uh, purge the pirates. Yeah. And whatnot, but, yeah, I mean, in the end, of course, it doesn't work as planned, and so Ahsoka's, uh, taken captive. Mm-hmm. We've got two more episodes. we got two more episodes. <laughs> we'll get through them. I will say... For me, in my personal opinion, this is where a lot of my interest stops for this arc. Yeah, because, I mean, if it was just younglings. Well, yeah, because, I mean, it, it's mostly tied into the mystic fantasy lightsaber building kyber crystal searching thing. Mm-hmm. I'm way more invested in that than this whole weird, like, kids adventure of... I mean, again, it's, it is it is yeah. a kids show, at the end of the day. And I have to believe that some kids have watched this and love it because it's so fun. And yeah. I'm just, kids? Yeah. I mean, for me, though, my interest really shifts after this episode because it's a whole different plot at this point. Yeah. So, but we'll get there uh, after another word from our sponsors. Whee! Season 5, Episode 8, Bound for Rescue. Um... The moral for this episode is, when we rescue others, we rescue ourselves. Yeah. Huh. Huh. 
Interesting. That doesn't really apply? No. Uh, but it is good advice. I mean, sometimes helping others is how we help ourselves. Uh, it's not as selfish as it sounds. It's, it's just this weird... I, I firmly believe we are wired as human beings yeah. to help care for and love other human beings. Exactly. And the reason we feel so fulfilled when we volunteer and help at soup kitchens and help people move and help people fix something uh, is because that's what we're meant to do. We're meant to help people. Exactly. Um, and at the end of the day, we get something out of it. Yep. It's not selfish to say that you get something out of helping someone. Um, that's, I, I, I think that's a part of human nature. Uh, is the just natural reward of being helpful and being a good person. Exactly. Sorry, <laughs> I had a big ol' yawn. Um, I'm boring you as usual. No. <laughs> no, it's just I didn't drink enough coffee. Um, so, yes, so yeah. Ahsoka's capture. Yes, and we leave our younglings kind of in the vicinity of Florum. Well, yeah, their ship is stranded. Their ship is busted. You didn't correct me, so I got it right. Yeah, you did. Florida. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, their their ship is trash at this point. Yeah, and their uh, current chaperone is trash, too. Yeah, uh, his head <laughs> and arms are missing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. He still kicked butt uh, at the end, though, which mm-hmm. is cool, but... Um, yeah, um, so... The kiddos decide to call for help with their adorable big puppy eyes, and they call Obi-Wan Kenobi, who is currently on the Negotiator, which is his ship, I assume? Yes. Yes. Um, You bet he named that after, like, years of traveling around with Qui-Gon, just like, oh, yeah, negotiations. uh, Well, I don't know how he got, I don't know how they get the name, because Anakin's was the Resolute and such, um... I don't know if it's assigned after knowing who's Jet. Who, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Here's the thing. They, like, I don't know how they ha- had the time to come up with a lot of the stuff they come up with with this army because it just pops up one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I, I, it's just... Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah. The, I, I do give them props mm-hmm. for calling for help instead of yes. just rushing in. Petro is not happy. He wants to just rush in. Yeah, I mean, that's obvious, but I like that the overwhelming idea is, hey, let's actually call for help. Let's call a grown-up. Yeah, and uh, Kenobi says to Cody, like, hey, you're going to need to go get these kids. They are helpless and in space. And And then... then... (laughs) (laughs) No, here's the thing. This is so much better than the just whole, oh, I am just inconvenienced at this. I got to go back. I got called by the temple. Right, like, this is a legit excuse. And... Here's the thing, it's not just a throwaway, it's not just, this isn't the last time we see this battle. It comes back. It comes back so much that it's part of the end of this arc. Yeah. That the kids fight Grievous. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But it's it's like, it's (laughs) not just a throwaway, oh, you're needed here because plot. It's a legit story element. Yeah. I love this so much. I need more storytellers to learn from this because it's such a pet peeve of mine when it's like, oh, I can't do the thing because reports need to be filed. Like, mm-hmm. that's not an excuse. Yeah. Like, come up with a real reason why this character can't be involved. Yeah. Uh, it, I pooped my pants. I gotta go home. 
And I mean, and they like show off like legit like battle scenes. We yeah. see a lot of great oh, uh, yeah. stuff. Definitely. Um, I guess it's worth mentioning just because they're cool names. Um, there's two pilots shown in, uh, most heavily. Uh, one is a Z-95 headhunter pilot who uh, does some cool stuff and then eventually gets shot down, though. Of His name is Killer. Ooh. Right? I like that. Um, sure his name isn't Kira? No. Uh, there is a reason he's flying a headhunter, that's for sure. Uh, I do love headhunters. Um, and then there's Eagle, who is a Y-Wing pilot, um, that he was flying with Killer, and his Y-Wing crashed, uh, in the ship bay, and Obi-Wan helps him. Hmm. So, but, uh... You caught me mid-zip. <laughs> yeah. I only mentioned that because I thought they were really cool names. Yeah. I also just like the design of, uh, clone pilots. Yeah. So... Um, while the kids are waiting, they decide to finish their lightsabers, and everyone goes off without a hitch, except for Katoonies, who yeah, she, cannot power hers on. She has, uh, performance lightsaber issues. It, one in five people, it's fine. <laughs> oh, she's your children! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh, again, it's about that kind of self-confidence. I feel like, yeah. I feel like... She's judging herself based on what others are doing, and it's kind of yeah. a flashback to the cave where it's like, hey, I don't think I can climb that. You should help me. No, do it yourself. This is exactly. your journey. Yeah. Um, so I think we can mention Petros is blue. Uh, Bith is blue. Uh, Gunji's is green. Obviously. Obviously. Because blue does not go with a Wookiee's pelt. Absolutely not. It would not compliment him. He's a summer and then uh, Zatz is green too, right? Yes, Zatz is green too. Uh, he's he's more of a a winter spring. There's certain colors that only work with certain yeah, I looks. Have I think no freaking idea what the color scheme is for like a winter in the summer. I'm just making it up as I go along. <laughs> I have never picked up a copy of Cosmo in my life. <laughs> um, what about Wanda? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, again, like. This is all happening intercut with the battle that Obi-Wan's facing. Yeah. Like, it's not just a minor inconvenience for Obi-Wan. This is a this is plot. This is, uh... And plus, who doesn't love a good Grievous Obi-Wan showdown? Um, but the kids eventually realize, hey, our help's not getting here. Yeah. So they go to Florum and happen upon a traveling carnival man who is also <laughs> on the way to Hondo. Yeah, I think, like, this is the guy who Hondo was going to sell Ahsoka to. Maybe. All I know is this is Bug's Life. It is extremely <laughs> Bug's Life. Right? I like, mean, if like... if you haven't seen Bug's Life, you have now, if you watch right. this Right, I episode. mean, like, yeah, they, they sneak in with the carnival man. Yeah. Um, what's cool... They pass themselves off... It's smart. They pass themselves off as acrobats. What's cool is they wear costumes... Um, and they're based on different Star Wars beasts, so... Yeah. Uh, I see a Rancor? Uh, well, yes. So, uh, Petro is a Gundark. Ah, that's uh, what that means. Zat is a Rancor. Very cute Rancor. Very cute. Gunji is a Narglatch. A what? Narglatch. That I'm pretty is, sure I had one of those removed. That's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of panther-lion thing that the Talls ride. Ah. Yeah, I got the tusk. It's like a saber-toothed tiger-lion thing. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, What's Katuni? Katuni and Biff, they're not animals. They're just... Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, they're just dressed in spandex and, and 
got Rose, like, um, yeah, it's hilarious. I, Bith is my favorite. His costume is the best, where he's just holding sticks. Yeah, he's he's into it though. He, yes, like he is this is his calling. Into it. <laughs> he has found his he calling. He has the soul of an artist. Um. So yeah. Uh. What it is? It's so it's Prego's Carnival, or or yeah. Prego's Traveling World of Wonders. He also sells uh, pasta sauce out the back. <laughs> um. But he's uh, also expecting. <laughs> oh, so many, so many uh, uses for that. Um, I'm pretty sure Prego is Italian for uh, uh, yes, good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a Fast weird name, name. but uh, I mean, essentially, they sneak in and they're successful. They break Ahsoka out, but yeah, um, with her own lightsabers. Yeah, they don't do it without incident, though. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it the episode ends. With them riding off into the moonlight, um, but... Into the moonset. Yeah, but uh, the pirates are right behind them. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, Ahsoka's got that great line of, I've learned from my master that sometimes doing the right thing means bending the rules. Tech, well, but tech... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, but they're not really bending the rules. They're just, they're rescuing you because the actual rescue failed. Yeah. Because Grievous showed up. Like, I mean, sure. Consider those rules bent. Remember what happened last time you told kids to bend rules, Ahsoka? There was just a full civil dispute on Mandalore, okay? Yeah. Like, calm down. Uh, you know how impressionable these kids are. Incredibly so. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an episode. Like I said, it's very yeah. Bugs Life for me. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, it's, the whole thing is about the breakout of Ahsoka, so exactly. pretty straightforward. The last one is where it's a, it's a good bit of culmination, so uh, you know how this works. I'm not going to say anything you're not surprised by. We're going to have a, a sponsorship, and then we'll be back. Sorry. Final episode, guys. Uh, first of all, again, we're going to keep saying it because we know how ads can be. We yeah. have to remind ourselves when listening to podcasts yeah. to not skip ads and whatnot because... We, we're on the side where we understand why people have to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we thank you so much for being patient and putting up with the ads and whatnot. Yeah. We love um, you. Yes, because you listening to those ads pays for the show. Um, not, a whole, not a lot, <laughs> but, but it does. Yeah. Uh, and so we thank you for being patient and putting up with those. And we always are going to try and keep them as fun and interesting and change them up enough so that you're not hearing the same exact thing. Um, in yeah. your ears all the time. We, I mean, here's the thing, guys. If we get good on Patreon, we probably wouldn't need to put ads on the. That podcast. yeah, that that's our goal. Again, one of our Patreon goals is one day to not need to do po uh, sponsorships. Yeah. Um, you know, and if we could decide our sponsorships, and if we could get who we wanted, Homie. we would. We wouldn't throw the same things over and over at you. So, like, just a bit of a perspective as to why it's the same things over and over. It's because our sponsorships are provided to us by Anchor. Anchor decides who our sponsors are. Yeah. And because they do that, and until we get to certain goals or certain numbers uh, in our audience, we get the same sponsorships yeah. over and over. Dude, if I could get that MeUndie sponsorship, <laughs> I would have been doing it yesterday. These are the coolest and most comfy underwear ever. Um, another... 
thing is, you know, we use Amazon links. Um, there's links in every episode that we post except for Monday Motivations. Um, and anytime you buy something from Amazon through those links, it supports the show as well. So we're trying to come up with other ways yeah. than, than bogging you down with ads. But Yeah, and we're not saying this to guilt trip or, you know, make you feel bad or anything. No, we we're just, just letting you know. Yeah, we just want to be transparent. And I mean, we're not adding ads to bug you or we're not doing I mean we do it because we need to support the show yeah and we want to make sure that you understand that we appreciate that and and, and whatnot because I mean it is I mean it's an it's an additional five minutes just to listen to ads in a show mm-hmm. uh, we would love to use those other five minutes to talk more about Star Wars but at the end of the day again we need to support the show so yeah. uh, you know it's just we want to be as honest and open and make sure that you understand that we understand and appreciate you for it and yeah. whatnot so there you go um, but anyway so uh, to wrap this episode up we are talking about season five episode nine unnecessary bond I'm not quite sure why it's called that uh, I guess it's the bond between them it makes them strong and united um, like super glue. That's a necessary bond. Oh no no no! A necessary bond because uh, they have to they like, have to use Hondo's help. Oh. To fight the droids because the droids show say, up. Remember? Like Pierce Brosnan. If you want to watch <laughs> all the Bond movies, you got to oh, go through unnecessary. Pierce Brosnan. To what? Get to Daniel what Craig. do you not like about Pierce Brosnan? It's not that I don't like Pierce Brosnan. Apparently, he's the worst Bond in some people's Says eyes. Says who? The internet. <laughs> it's the one dude who he played Bond that got married. Uh, what was it? Daggummit. He played Bond like twice. Knock off older Pierce Brosnan. I can't remember the dang name. I think it's Timothy something. Wow. I was I did not like him. Wow. That's the only Bond I don't like. I have watched exactly one Bond movie all the way through. Oh my gosh. I love James and Bond. And it was Skyfall. I love James Bond so much. Roger Moore is... Skyfall. Here's the thing. I appreciate and recognize that the first Bond is Sean Connery. I I know that he set a lot of pacing for what James Bond would be like in future films. But I think that Roger Moore benefited from being the second Bond mm-hmm. because he was able to more fully realize who Bond should have been than the first Bond. Mm-hmm. They were figuring it out with Sean Connery, I think. And I... Uh, He's got some appeal, but Roger Moore is the James Bond. I don't care who they put... I mean, I'd love if Idris, Idris Elba did it, but yeah. at the end of the day, no one can top Roger Moore as the James Bond. Okay, Fight so me. what we're going to have to do now is do another series, <laughs> we're, yeah, another we're gonna podcast. To, we're going to have to start a Bond cast. <laughs> where I watch all the Bond movies for the first time. <laughs> yes. And I am and underwhelmed. I just, and I just talk how much uh, I love Roger Moore. And then I'll make you watch Die Hard. Uh, you don't have to make me do that. I love those movies. Good. Um, anyway, uh, so no, not that Bond. Uh, yeah. It's it's about the uh, having to use Hondo's help because yeah. Grievous shows up. They need resources, they need uh, uh, men and weapons and whatnot, and so they basically get Hondo to help them. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the, uh, the moral of this episode is choose your enemies wisely as they may be your last hope. Also good advice to not make enemies because you never know who you're going to have to rely on. Yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I don't know. There's plenty of ways this can yeah, be taken. I mean, well, that, I mean, that's basically what it is, is the, en- you know, the enemy of Grievous... Wait, the enemy 
Yeah, the enemy of Grievous, who is my enemy, is Hondo. Therefore, a necessary bond is made between me and Hondo to take out Grievous. Yes. 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 <laughs> that's relevant Shut if you up, saw... Megatron. <laughs> right. That's, uh, that's relevant if you saw last week's uh, Clone Wars episode. Ugh. But anyway, um, take it away, Merle. What do you I, keep saying? I'm sorry. That? I, I, that's my, I can't find my place, so I need you to do something. <laughs> well, uh, I found it. The kids are being attacked by the pirates, uh, but, eh, Duax Grievous. Uh, yeah, so, um, I'm trying to remember why Han, why he shows up to I, Hondo's doorstep. I don't know. I think it's because Hondo has resources and Dooku says to Sonny Jim Grievous, hey, go get those resources, boy. Get that bread. Um, and so he has to just straight up beat up Hondo. My thing is, so, <clears throat> I get, I, this is kind, this is worse than the whole, hey, t- like, ten episodes later, uh, remember that time Mother Talzin screwed me over? Yeah, go, go pay her a visit. This is even worse, because, like, three seasons later, Dooku's like, hey, remember that time that you captured me and tried to sell me? Well, mm-hmm. now you're under my control. Like, what? Here it is. Okay, so yeah, like why? Why? Yeah. Why do you need Hondo's resources? Yeah, Dooku. You've got an army. <laughs> Dooku shows up in a hologram and says, "Hey, guess what? All your stuff's gonna be melted down and turned into droids." Why? Like, you don't got resources. If you're maybe? that bitter, Dooku, just planetary bombard them. <coughs> you know, blow them up from space. Mm-hmm. You don't need their resources. You don't need their people. He's just being petty. He gets <sighs> in a mood sometimes. I mean, I get it's to intersect Grievous with our heroes and everything, but I, I don't know. It's just one of the. It's one of those things where it's just. It feels yeah. like this is just a forced reason. He's an old petty man. Clearly, who doesn't know what to do with his. Yeah, emotions. I've read Dooku Jedi, or I've listened <laughs> to Dooku Jedi. Last. I know how petty he is. Yes, he's incredibly petty. It's um, great. So yeah, so. They break in to free Hondo, who is now in prison. Yeah. Uh, in order for Hondo and his men and his resources to help them fight off Grievous. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Like, you can fight off Grievous. You can escape, even. But, like, Grievous knows your home address now. Like, mm-hmm. is he, uh, just because you kick him off, it's not Inspector Gadget. Just because you kick him out, of the, out yeah. this episode doesn't mean he's gone forever. Yeah. There's a very sweet moment, though, uh, between Hondo and Katuni, where she finally reveals to everyone, hey, my lightsaber, it the, the light bulb needs to be changed. I don't know what it is. I don't have the AA batteries. Mm-hmm. And Hondo's, like, basically what you said, you know, you just need to remove the mental block. You're comparing yourself to the other one. Mm-hmm. And with... You know, the power of Hondo compels her to create, or to finish her lightsaber, and she uses it to cut him down from his thing. Yeah, anybody that thinks that Hondo having a soft spot for kids just showed up in Rebels did not pay attention in Clone Wars. Yeah, like, he had a whole thing where he got down on the level of Boba, and he's like, Hey. Hey, champ. You wanna go throw the ball around? (laughs) Tell these people what you did. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's one of those things, like, and he even says, like, you know, I mean, he doesn't, he's not a fan of, now, Ahsoka throws it back at him, like, you were okay with 
attacking them and stealing their lightsaber crystals. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Ahsoka, it's a little different. He was just planning to steal their lightsaber crystals. He wasn't planning on he killing gonna, any of them. He wasn't going to hurt them. Right. Like, I mean, it it actually could have been a very simple scenario if you'd just given up the crystals. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you guys go track him down later. Like, mm-hmm. just saying. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a sweet moment. Uh, and really, it comes down to, like, just a battle. Yeah. Like, you know, Hondo leads them to their resources and, the you know, the men get ready and then it's them versus the droids. And um, there's a really cute scene when Hondo gets on a swoop bike and Katuni gets on uh, with him. First of all, not safe from harm. Not at Second all. Second of all, uh, she's like, uh, I got your back. And he's like, I feel so safe right now. <laughs> or something like that. I'm just so like, cute. <laughs> it's one of those moments where it's like, he just went from encouraging her to just calling her what it is. Like, yeah. you know, calling it what it is. It's a child protecting you. Yeah. Um, but it's child Jedi protecting her. Very true. That does make yeah. a difference. So, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, My fi- brain just, we, like, we got, No, we got off track. Yeah. Um, uh, so they go into Hondo's secret uh, assortment of ships, which we see Slave 1. Yes, and now we learn how Slave One got its paint job. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's still some tweaks that, because um, it's like got Hondo sigil on it and whatnot, yeah. uh, there's still some more paint tweaks that um, Boba clearly makes later on. Um, I don't know how I feel about his famous sort of green and rusty red paint job coming from Hondo. Yeah. But, meh. Meh. I mean, it could be worse. Yeah. I, I, don't, um... know, I don't know what makes me... I, I don't know. I don't know if I like the idea of him being like, hey, this is my dad's ship, but I'm going to repaint it uh, because I'm young and rebellious, or somebody else repainted it, and I just decided to update it and keep it. Yeah. It's one of those things. I don't know. I, I feel like Boba trusts Hondo enough to take care of the ship, but I don't know. I don't even know if we see how it gets from Hondo back to Boba. I don't even... I don't remember. Boba probably steals it. I'm sure. He's a resourceful Or he probably just shows up one day and is like, hey, I'm here for my ship. Give me my ship. Like, you know. Give me my big boy ship. Uh, I do appreciate that they... Uh, it's it's just a nice explanation of what happened to it. Mm-hmm. The paint job's just a bonus. Um, but they end up escaping. There's actually... There's a really cool scene when I think one of the, uh, the kid's feeders sh- crashes. And then, like, I think it's Gunji... Like, he gets up from the crash, and then all you see is through the the dust and smoke is Grievous just, like, scuttling towards him. It's so cool. It's really cool. It's so cool. Uh, And then it's kids versus Grievous. Yeah. Uh, You know, apparently Obi-Wan was the only Jedi that could beat Grievous, but uh, these kids, they they seem to do a pretty pretty good job. (laughs) Also, this entire time, Professor, Professor Young has no arms. Yeah. He's useless. He's useless. Um, but uh, eventually they just escape. They don't really... It's not much of a fight. They just... No. They escape with a slave one. Um, Hondo takes them to the Republic ship and proceeds to be like, oh, yeah, you're welcome for saving these kids and doing all this stuff. And You can... I'll charge you for this. I will charge you for this. I will charge you for this. Right. That's a like, great scene. I mean, it's perfect Hondo. Yeah. Um, Definitely. Because uh, what's funny is because Obi-Wan's like, this all happened because you hijacked the ship. It is like, oh, you're just uh, so accusatory. I can't even listen. I'm just going to send you my bill. And it's just like, ugh, Hondo's amazing. He is. He is so fantastic. And, like, 
Jim Cummings does such a great job. He does. He's he, and he and you can oh, tell he has he's so great so much fun with it. So, right. Um, it ends with this very like cute like hey let's put our sables sabers together in the center because you're you you, you passed good job Whee! like bonus credit much like come yeah. on. I mean, these kids fought Grievous. <laughs> yeah, right? But, um... Like, they should be Padawans today. Right, like, all, come on. All Ahsoka's children. Ex- yes, exactly. She, uh, she probably would have been better off that way. Right. Um, but... Yes, so, there you go. They they passed, they got their lightsabers. Yeah, that's the And got a are. lot of pre- practical experience. Um... And they didn't get paid for it. No, obviously. Um, like I said, I love the lightsaber stuff. I love the youngling stuff, the, yeah, it got, the war building. It got a little Stranger Things at the end there. Um, which is interesting because Stranger Things wasn't even a thing <laughs> at this right? point. Um, I mean, yeah, it just, I feel like they knew their audience. Because I feel like kids would have been bored with what I would have been interested in. Like, learning more about this lore stuff. Yeah. Um... And at the end of the day, uh, you know, the kids working together and the misadventures of with Hondo and everything, it's not bad. I mean, it's it's enjoyable. It's just, I think it's just going from the lore building to the adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. It's a weird shift for me. Yeah, I get that. But, um, yeah, what'd you think of the, the lore stuff, though, like with the lightsaber crystals and all that stuff? I liked it a lot more than I did the Stranger Things half. I was worried about this one back and forth because I wasn't sure if you would really take with it. Uh, I wasn't sure if um, it would be as fun for you. Like I said, I'm I'm really interested in, in the Kyber Crystals and, and, and that side. I wasn't sure if that was going to take with you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, after listening to Jet, Dooku Jedi Lost, I mean, I've been a lot more interested in the process that the Padawans go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just such an interesting thing that we've not really explored. Yeah, I mean, it's been here and there. And like I said, it's mostly through the perspective. So we get some stuff with Anakin as a young Padawan in the Obi-Wan and Anakin comics. We get some with Kanan uh, as a young Padawan, or Caleb Doom, rather. Um, We get, uh, you know, again, we get some with Dooku, even. But it's all from a very specific perspective. I'd, I'd like if we could just widen that open, or widen that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And just look, you know, new characters, new scenarios, disconnected from all the greater stuff, and yeah. just explore. I get that. Just, definitely. just there's so much we still need to know and learn about Jedi and the Jedi Order and the way they interpret the Force and and practice the Force. I mean, we still don't even fully understand what they learn as Padawans, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, it seems very glossed over. And what we do get. Yeah. I mean, it. Ju- you just know that they're learning something. So I would love more stories that explore that. That would be Definitely. very interesting. That would be incredibly interesting. Yep. So, um, but we make a hard shift into uh, this week's later arc. This Friday we're going to talk about D-Squad. One of my favorite arcs. I Death love this Squad. so much. I love... I love these droids. I was confused at first, but I kind I'm kind it's of div- it. it's div- it's 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 a divergent from normal yeah, stories yes. because I mean it's all droids all the time and it's literally the best it's, <laughs> because it's droids get stuff done. They do and whack. I love whack. Played by <laughs> Double D. Yeah, 
I, I, it is a travesty that I don't know his real name, he, but yeah. We'll have that for the actual episode, yeah. but yeah, yeah, we, we mentioned that um, last week when we rambled about voice actors, but uh, yeah, I, Whack is hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whack is me if I was a droid. Yes, accurate. <laughs> I, I just, I love it. Stinky boy. Um, so yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's, that's where we're going uh, Friday. And then we'll be on schedule. We'll be um, caught up and and where we're supposed to be with stuff. Uh, and so you guys can look forward to that. Uh, we're almost halfway through with season five, so we're getting there. Mm-hmm. The end is nigh. My boy is coming. Which one? Oh yeah, Darth Maul. My trash boy. Yes. So uh, it's gonna be a, some uh, some interesting episodes in our future. But for now, we're gonna leave it here. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this. Let us know what you liked about this. So far, when I talk to people about this arc, it seems to be kind of the back-and-forth perspective of really boring, really interesting, not really sure. Uh, let us know what you thought of these episodes and um, what you think of kyber crystals and all that lore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very, very interesting uh, for sure. So uh, make sure that you're with us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff. We mentioned earlier... We have a Patreon page, and one of the easiest ways to guarantee that in the future we won't have to bombard you with ads, uh, see about how you can get involved in supporting the show. We're working to add in ways that you can collaborate with us. Um, Everything from giving ideas to actually helping with uh, the making of episodes. We have a lot of ideas for how you can become a part of the herd community as a collaborator. Um, but there's also ways that you can just support. You can just give the money and uh, get other rewards and bonuses. So there's lots going on with our Patreon page, so make sure you check it out. Get all the dish on that. Make sure you're following us um, not only on Nerd Herder, but that you're following our network page, Nerdyverse Network, um, where you can learn about all that we're doing. Because um, we have this podcast, obviously. You're listening to it. We have a horror podcast, the Unmasked podcast. And... We have other things. Yes. Other things are coming. Uh, and so for a one-stop shop page to see all the updates of all that we're doing, uh, Nerdyverse is the place to go for that. And if you go to our Patreon page and see, hey, it's not Nerd Herder, it's Nerdyverse, that's us. That's still us. That's just our network. Mm-hmm. It's all that we do, not just uh, Nerd Herder and Star Wars and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, you guys, you guys know this by now. But, uh, yeah, Patreon, check it out. We would love if you'd support the show. We would appreciate it so much. And we appreciate uh, Rebecca and Jim over on Patreon who already support us. You guys are amazing. Thank you so, 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 so much. So much. I think that's enough. So much is. I think so. So much. Also, make sure that wherever you listen, if there's a way to rate the podcast, to do that. And make sure that you share the podcast. We would love if you would do that because we want to grow this community and we want other people to know that we're here and that we're awesome. And the best way to do that is for you to tell people about it. Um, We don't have money for billboards and pamphlets and flyers, uh, so we rely on you guys and your love of the show. Um, So if you love it, share it, rate it, tell other people about it, especially on iTunes. On iTunes, we're way more visible when we have more reviews. Um, so uh, if you are on iTunes, if you listen there, get our podcast there, please leave a rating, leave a review, tell people you love us. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. And we love you. 
So there you go. That's our review of you. You're doing a great job. You are seven out of five stars. You're great. Uh, Keep it up, Bill. Um, Anyway, uh, we'll be back tomorrow with our main show, and then uh, we'll be back Friday with more Clone Wars. But until then, I have been your herd leader, John Wayne. I've been your herd mom, Megan. This has been the Clone Wars Rewatch with Nerd Herder. And guys, enjoy your week. Stay scruffy. May the Force be with you. Bye.